Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of Podcast Avito, a Big Brother podcast where we recap, discuss, and analyze every episode of Big Brother 21. Uh, I'm your host, Terrence, (laughs) and joining me as always is Owen. Hey guys, I'm Owen. (laughs) Um, So we're doing this on the fly. Brennan's not here, as you can kind of guess. Yeah, Terrence wanted to step in with the hosting duties, trying to, like, really, that was like an average cover band, I think. Yeah, no, that was like a solid... C plus. Yeah. C's get degrees. Yeah. Like I, I don't I don't think we have to scrap this. We can put this in the you, final show. You can get a C plus in armchair HOH, but still get your target out. That's a great point. So now let's get into our recap segment of the show. Hashtag but first. So Wednesday's episode. We're kind of dealing with the fallout of the falling apart of the six shooters, and Jess has put up Jack and Mickey. So it becomes pretty clear immediately that Jack is Jess's target. Um, but she's afraid of the diamond POV because that power that Chrissy has is still out there. Yeah. One thing I, it's just so difficult to get like context in the house. How much was it really known that Jack was the target? I don't know because it was known to like people in the HOH room, but like Jack didn't seem worried at all in fact he made his comment about like well maybe maybe i'll win the veto and not use it yeah i don't think it was really well known because even when jess was upstairs talking with i don't know whatever cliff's angels is and cat and all them um cat wasn't even like didn't even necessarily seem to know what the choice was right away like it wasn't obvious yeah um so i agree with you at first it definitely did not seem obvious to the remaining six shooters that Jack would be the target. And <laughs> when he said that, I was just laughing. I, they Both him and Mickey are like the same type of arrogant player that is so dumb that they think they can like buck the rules of how you play this game and get away with it. I mean, Jack, we saw multiple points in these two episodes where he thought like just his inherent charm will save him. And he was almost convinced... It was fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That kept going all the way through his eviction interview with Julie. Yeah, we'll which get to that I later. cannot wait to get to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jack's a target. Um, and since Jess and all of them are afraid of the Diamond POV, was Chrissy willing to use it? I mean, yeah, because at this point, Tommy and Jack are still her, yeah, her biggest allies. This was the last week. This was the last it, week. Sure. Exactly. So... She was basically, she kept saying, I want the three of us to be safe. Um, Meaning her, Jack, and Tommy. Well, interesting to know, at least I think I'm I'm getting this right, in both that conversation and the conversation about getting Jack out, Nick was present the entire time. Yeah, Nick was present. And he actually played a a, more of a role in this episode than you think, which we'll get to. Um, But I just want to come back to something we just keep kind of joking about sis is like the most inconsequential player in this game right oh now. yeah you i don't think you listed her in that grouping and i i think she was there <laughs> i don't i mean i, don't I even assume know. she I was don't even know where else would she have been but <laughs> time and time again whether it was christy whether it was tommy whether it was jack even and they were i don't know a showman i have no idea what they even were because it didn't seem to be a big presence as the season went on mm-hmm. uh he never referenced sis in any way 
Yeah. So with her and Holly, they fill the two, the roles of like the super athletic woman that is like just on the outside of being like the, like on the outside of the leadership. I mean, that we, Mm -hmm. we always fall in love with as like people that could potentially win. I just don't think sis can do it. And unfortunately I don't think Holly can do it because she's, too married to Mickey. Attached to Mickey. I agree. You know, a really good parallel is actually Rachel from last season. Do you remember yes. her mid-season run where she finished second like once or twice in competitions? Yeah. And, and we're we, like, were, we were convinced. Hell yeah. Next it, one up. Making the leap the next candidate. One up. Exactly. <laughs> so, Sis is actually... She ends up doing that in the competition during these two episodes, but did she do that before? Like, I think she's been in the final few, so it's conceivable she could start winning some comps, and I always talk about final eight we're getting there, and at that point, your game can really change. So I don't want to counter out just yet, but you know, early returns are not showing the up. The one thing I I'll give her is I think she's going to be in every endurance comp she partakes in. Yeah, that's fair, and those become more and more important as the season goes on because you're guaranteed one of those in the final three, right? Yeah, I just don't think she makes it that far. I'm not sure if she even gets another one. Although, actually. Maybe we won't get it this season. The wall competition. Shouldn't oh. that have happened by now? Are you talking about the one where they have the the wall competition? Oh, where they're... Oh, that'll... Ooh. I would think that's going to happen, but usually there's a lot of people on that wall. Yeah. I feel like maybe it should not. have happened by now, but I don't know. Tommy Brock was going crush that. He'll crush it, and Elise will crush it, and so will Holly. They, they've been the players in all the... Hey, Chris, isn't it amazing Christy won the first one? Yeah. She hasn't quite shown that same it was competitive streak sense. That endurance comp, one, didn't seem as difficult. Two, it almost seemed kind of random because, like, one of the people falling caused another person to fall, and then all of a sudden she was the last one standing. So Yeah, that's a good point. It wasn't as tied directly to yeah. how, how well you did. Um. Okay, so... Let's get into the POV. Uh, not a ton happened at the first part of this episode. Yeah, I know. So, Honestly, this episode just this was, was a not very episode. exciting. This was maybe my least favorite of the season so far. I, quite frankly, I hardly paid attention, but like we're discussing it here, and it's like I haven't, I haven't missed a beat. I haven't forgotten anything. No, yeah. So I must have seen it all. Yeah, the cliff notes more than gets you uh, by here. So um, we have competing in the HOH. We are POV. We have Jess. We have the two nominees, Jack and Mickey. Um, there are two house guest choices that came up. Um, Jess ended up picking Cat, which, like, continuing Jess's questionable picks, Cat is the one who's like she's on the fringe of their alliance. Yes, and you're saying Cliff would have been the choice here. Yes, I agree. That that was my first thought, but then I'm like, yeah, well, if you can trust her, which is the if, she's probably a more consistent competitor than Cliff, but. You know, we're kind of picking nits here. Maybe. Actually, I would say she's more inconsistent, but has, like, a higher peak. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Cliff is always, like, third in all these comps. Yeah. Which is kind of impressive. And also, I, like obviously, obviously, you don't know the comp beforehand, but, like, I think this would have been a Cliff comp. Oh, I could easily see this having been a Cliff comp, for sure. Because, um, I mean, totally random. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, Jess chooses Cat, and um, Jack chose Tommy. Tommy, Tommy Bracco. So 
those two get chosen, and then our sixth was Nick. Yeah. Who is the ultimate wild card right now? Yeah, Nick actually predicted early on in the episode his chip was coming. It hasn't been picked yet, so he was due. Big probability guy. Yeah. Totally in the probability. And he was right. <laughs> so we get into the POV comp, and this is a fun one for fans of the show, you know, for over the past few years, because we got a lot of like goofy voiceovers from yeah. some of the old house guests. Like cameo sound bites. Yes, exactly that. We had Swaggy C, we had Haley. We had Mama Day. We had Paul. Paul. Who was uh there were, who was the girl that had the big teeth and she And the bangs? Meg. Meg, yes. And like her and James were like Meg the smoke bomb. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> oh man. Was that season eighteen, seventeen? Seventeen sounds right to me. I feel like she was in a Paul season. Maybe not. If she was in a Paul season it was eighteen. Were James and Paul in the same first season? James was on twice. Maybe his second season was the first Paul season. That might be what it was. Maybe. I don't know. With two of us, I can't just like go in a corner and look it up. Good so. point. But yeah, James, one of my favorite house guests. Miss him. Um, well, anyway, um, basically they had to spin around and shoot a catapult once they were already dizzy onto this board and highest points wins it's survivor style so the lowest player from each round gets booted out and last one standing wins and the one caveat being that if you win around with a certain number that number then gets retired to zero yes and so it was wild also the competition where it's like oh sixth place got the veto but you can trade yes i you know what i hate that it always so kind of frustrates me a little bit but there has been times where the first place hasn't taken the veto, and then it's always <laughs> interesting. That is interesting, but it it's early enough, or it's, it's a contentious enough week where I think everybody in that house would would play. Yeah, the veto. I, th- I think if you won, you had to take it for Absolutely. sure. Um, so we go through the comp, everyone's falling off, and we get down to Nick and Jess. Um, and Nick was doing a good job, even though he could barely, you know, keep himself from throwing up. Uh, but Jess, Jess was killing it. I don't know how Jess was fine because she closed her eyes. And isn't that like the worst thing to do when you're spinning? I don't know. I always thought that. But then I think to myself, what would I do in that instance? And I think that might be what I do. You, uh, I've always heard you have to do the Tommy thing. The centering? He was doing the like trying to look at the same Fix thing on the a point. entire time. Yeah. Yeah. If you can do that. I think Mickey was doing that wrong. Like, did you see that? His it head was, like, like, bobbling back and forth. It looked like he was, like, he wasn't taking the most direct path to do it. He was, like, kind of rounding his head around. Yeah. And that, I would think that negates the effects. Oh, absolutely, because you're adding another motion into your spinning. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, that's all semantics, but um, comes down to Nick and Jess, and Nick puts up a great score. He puts up, like, 18 or something like that, which, to that point, was, like, the second or third highest toss of any of them and then uh our girl jess the hoh comes pulling up. off your girl i should say not brennan's girl your girl jess pulling off a perfect week a perfect week i mean unbelievable what was it 28 something like that she just crushed i i'm very impressed with jess as a podcast though and like yeah i had the one good ranking of jess that was never meant to be taken seriously like we we have a Thanksgiving dinner's worth of crow to eat on Jess here. Yeah, yeah. I, out of all the HOHs this season, 
the most successful. We, I don't think there's even a close second. In many ways, even though like Wednesday episode was just unbearably boring, this was also kind of like the best week of the show. As in, like, if you think about the results. In terms of the results, I think it ended up playing out kind of boring. But what this means for the game that Jack and or Mickey are gone. Not and. Jack or Mickey are gone. Um, it's exactly what we talked about two weeks ago. When Cliff had, like, literally, it was the crux of the game. He decided how the rest of the season went. You either make this move and we have a season on our hands and we have a game. Or you don't make this move, and it's just going to be going through the motions until the six is the six shooters are all that are left. He didn't make the move, so I thought we were done. Yeah, but our Lord and Savior Jess is the one who made that move, and now has hopefully changed the tide of the season. I literally I centered a goodbye message around how horrible a player she was. I mean, she. I made her the punchline of the goodbye message. Yeah, I mean, she was. I mean, to this point, she was that rare combination of playing a bad game in the sense that she's a floater, but also compounding that with really awful decisions in the few moments that she could actually make an effect on the game. Yeah. It was the rare combo, just a really awful player. And then this week, it's been imp- it's been impressive. And it shows the importance of the, the randomness of what sort of um, competitions come up. Yeah. Because... Anyone could have won either of these, and anyone did, if that makes sense. And that anyone was Jess. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah, she wins the POV, um, and as usual, it comes down to um, they kind of question, oh, am I going to take someone off the block? Am I not? And there was a little bit of a drama where Nick kind of got caught playing both sides of the house. I was really hoping that – Jess would be a little more vindictive here because Mickey just I've never seen more door eavesdropping in a season they all just talk so loudly that like everyone can pull it off it's either that or Brennan's point about like they're not being true ceilings which by the way I have spent an absurd amount of time thinking about since he said that that has stuck in my head like crazy totally fourth wall breaking for me I can't handle it yeah (laughs) I can't believe we didn't think about that forever. Yeah. I don't know if we know that's a fact, honestly, but I think I think it is because I think I remember hearing like some former house guest saying something years ago. And I mean just think about it. How else does the lighting happen? That's true. But still, um I mean I assume you can build those type of lights like into a ceiling. I told you but, could, but maybe they thin the walls. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just saying we've seen eavesdropping in the past, obviously, but it's happened more than ever this season. Yeah. How thick do you think the walls around the diary room are? I is think, there a roof I in the diary room? I bet that hallway is like soundproofed and there's no. I've always wondered about that because if you're Sam, like. Oh, yeah. If you're screaming your game plan out. It, I mean, the whole house is hearing that. Yeah, I, I don't think they would risk the diary room. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Nick, throughout the episode, they kind of showed him going back and forth. He was willing to work with Jack if if that opportunity presented itself, but he was also willing to do whatever Jess wanted, trying to ingratiate himself with her. He technically had the right mindset of he kind of 
managed to skate by, and now he has his pick of whichever the power side of the house is. He just stuck around for too many conversations, pretty much. Yeah, and within those conversations... He participated too much. Yes. Okay, you took the words out of my mouth because you. it can be obvious that, okay, Nick is a swing vote this week because right now, I mean, it's not even saying he's playing both sides of the house. What does he have left in terms of alliance? Like, of course he's in the middle. Yeah. So it comes down to the fact that he is he's going all in on these conversations instead of just being like, yeah, I'm just seeing what's going to happen and I'll make a decision based on what I think is best for my game. Or actually knowing what your decision is and only telling the one side of the house the truth. Yeah. And so the conversation that was overheard was, uh, it was like Christy and Jack kind of going back and forth about like, uh, maybe we just shouldn't make too many waves. Like then maybe Mm -hmm. they'll choose to target Jack. And then Nick chimed in and was like, yeah, and like you really don't want to do anything. Otherwise, like she might put you up. And take Mickey off. Yeah. So, of course, um, Mickey overheard that. <laughs> Mickey overheard that, went up to Jess. She got super triggered because it's like, oh, my God, Nick's been playing both sides. What a rat. Yada, yada, yada. She was almost willing to, like, draw the firm line. And before this moment, I was hoping that she would, like, turn on Christy because Christy tried to give kind of a condescending offer of, like, somehow using her power or no she wasn't going to use her power in this case because just one but she was just trying to make deals that like none of them were good there were there was no leverage on her part yeah the least Um, leverage she's had probably throughout the entire game i would have loved if jess just like chose her side took mickey down and put christy up and it's like no this is the line that's drawn and jack is going home that would have been wild i did that didn't even occur to me but that would have been that would have been pretty great um, the fact that she doesn't end up pulling the trigger on getting upset about Nick and sort of turning it around on him speaks to a good thing I'd say for his game that we talked about last episode where he has sort of weathered the storm. He's the last one left and they're going to forget about him slash he doesn't matter enough to target for a while now. Um, he's not going to matter enough to target for at least a couple more weeks. I could take it in a different direction. In a way, I think more of these house guests should operate, but they just don't. But maybe Jess and the other people that knew this are operating under the just let him live, and we are taking note of this. No, that's fair. And do you think part of that was because they were actually thinking he's working with us and we need to rely on him? Maybe... Um, it's really hard to say because we don't know what happened in between them. I mean, for all we know, like Nick might've gone to cliff and was just like, yeah, like you're the other swing vote, whichever way you go, I'll go. Yeah. It'd be very well cut off. So, I mean, we're all, we're just guessing here, but I just think Nick's place is really interesting. Well, it's not actually, it's not even that interesting. He's basically going to fizzle out. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so we get to the POV ceremony, um, and Jess decides not to use it. No surprise here. Uh, and we can note to cap off Wednesday's episode, Tommy's punishment of being the rocket and having to go into every room and yell about which way he's traveling. I actually liked this punishment. I thought it was pretty it was funny. very funny. Um, 
and well, I mean, actually, that's the end of Wednesday's episode, like you said. So getting into Thursday's episode, I want to talk about how much freaking time we're spending watching these punishments. It was it is ridiculous. Awful. Yeah. Between two episodes, what, 15 minutes? Um, uh, Maybe 20. Th- I, I felt like all of early Thursday was the punishment. Yeah. And I get it funny. Like, we can talk about that for a second. Jack's punishment. Brett basically got the same punishment last year. And when Jack first got out of bed for that first interaction, I was like, wow, we literally have the anti-Brett. This is going to go poorly. And it actually went pretty well. He did a good. I will give him a lot of credit. He handled that about as well as you could. So yeah, and the actors that they bring in for like that specific punishment, that type of punishment, I should say, they're really good. They're incredible. <laughs> I want to see this guy on a random Netflix show yeah. and see what he can do. Um, Mickey's punishment of just like being splattered with paint over twenty four hours was, oh, it was so hard. Man, it was so hard. I don't know. If you get to spend the whole day showering, I suppose it's not the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I love showering. Um, <laughs> and uh, How much do you think the actor for the alien got paid for that 24-hour Now, do we think he's like part of the production team or he's like a freelance guy? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. If he's just part of the crew... He must have some acting experience because that went really well. Yeah, if he's just part of the crew, he's getting screwed over because he's probably salaried. Yes. If he's a freelance guy, he might have made like 10K just from spending like 24 hours in the house yeah. doing that. Yeah, me and, my, me and my fiance were talking about it. We came to 5K, so I mean, <laughs> who knows? Um, um, but that is that the same guy as last year or was that a different guy? I feel like this guy was a little skinnier. I think it was a different guy unless they just had him in a f- fat suit last year. Which is possible. It's possible. But last note on Mickey's thing. If you know that they're just going to be calling you at all hours of the day, do you just like pull an all-nighter? Yeah, pretty much. I'd sleep on the couch or whatever that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like That way you're not waking up everybody. Mm-hmm. But is, does that like ring throughout the house, you think? Probably. Yeah, it does. So for what sure. Are, what are you going to do? Um, it's but, more just like don't don't give yourself the illusion of like being able to be comfortable that day because that's what messes with your head yeah well all i gotta say is i think we really show big brother by countering their 20 minutes with like four and a half minutes talking about <laughs> it on a podcast <laughs> um, and we just validated them yeah they're, they're they're giving us so little to work with this has been so tough um so then we get into the six shooters or the remnants of the six shooters whatever you want to call them uh, the shrapnel um kind of reconciling and basically coming up with an agreement or trying to seek out some sort of common understanding that like we can still work together we don't need to like each other um and this conversation started out with the six shooters minus mickey in the have not room i'm gonna be honest I think I like completely spaced out during this and it sounds like the most action packed part of the episode, but I don't, I do remember Mickey at one point, like just completely patronizing Christy for the most part. Oh, totally. So yeah, Tommy was kind of leading the the pack and he basically said, you know, let's work together. Let's make the best out of this. Um, And then Mickey came in and basically was just not interested in signing the peace treaty. And took it as his opportunity to sort of get his pound of flesh um and 
directed it back at Christie and was like, okay, here's what you did wrong, yada, yada, yada. And as much as I think Christie can be kind of insufferable, she made the point that like, okay, well, here's here's the point in the apology discussion where you acknowledge what you did wrong and he just didn't. Yeah. Um, as I don't think Christie has done anything near the controversial level of Mickey or Jack. Ooh. But as far as I see it from a TV unlikability standpoint, they're they're the big three. Yeah. But she is very much in that big three. You know, I don't think she's crazy unlikable other than just wearing at you like her annoying qualities. I think she lives in the Caitlin from last season, Vanessa the poker player, like that type of realm where I forgot about Vanessa. They're the just around player. a long time. Their personality is very paranoid and um, a lot, if that makes sense. I think Vanessa, the poker player, might be the best comparison here, but Christy is nowhere near as savvy at the game. Nowhere near, but she has had – she's she's been just as effective because I think the resistance is much worse. Yes. So, that's, I mean, that's interesting, and but – Getting into that discussion, do you have something? I was going to say, Christy, she falls into what she criticizes Mickey most for, where it's just like she'll also just completely throw her ideals onto everyone and be shocked when people aren't agreeing. Classic projection. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what it is, right? Projection? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, cool. (laughs) So if you're Mickey in this instance... And you think there's any chance you're staying? What a dumb way to go about this. I know. he's, And that is why I think they were right to target Jack. Because Mickey's cooked. Oh, he's yeah. Done. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I had this mindset the entire time where while I just about don't like Mickey and Jack equally, I would have rather Jack go because Mickey's going to go anyway. Jack has a chance to save himself if he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into an interesting conversation. I want to get your take on it. So there's a difference between who do you want to go this week and who would you rather see win, right? So we talked about how, okay, maybe Jack going this week makes sense because you can handle Mickey game-wise. Which one of those two would you want to win if it came down to those two? Like final two, yes. Um, probably it's an impossible question. I'd say probably Mickey. Really? Because I know what Mickey is. He is overly aggressive in a roided up type of way, and he is probably just like an extremist Republican for the most part. Like that that's just what he is. And he gets too angry at woman, but it's all on his sleeve. Pretty much. I just think I have like really bad feelings about like what's under the facade of Jack. That is a really interesting take. I, and I was going to say Jack right away because I was reacting to it in the opposite way. Okay. Like we've seen what Mickey is and that's all the more reason I don't want him to get it. Um, and me and while Jack has shown us a, a bunch, it is not as demonstrative or yeah. as, um, like in your face. Now, uh, do I actually think 
my big declaration of like Jack being a sociopath. Like, do I actually think he'd feel nothing if he killed someone? Like, probably not. Like, <laughs> he probably would, but I don't know. Like, a I sick, ha- sick I, pleasure. I have no <laughs> idea how far it goes with him. No, I will agree that there is a scary aspect to him, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. I have some thoughts on that based on um, the end of Thursday's episode. Yes. Um, so yeah, thanks for humoring me with that little hypothetical. Um, so regardless, Jack is still campaigning, um, even though he's the target, he's campaigning to both Cliff and Nick. Now Nick basically tells him, I'll be your fifth vote if you have the fourth. Um, and you know, just let me know essentially. Because if you're Nick, you just don't want to put yourself in a bad spot. I being on the wrong side. We never see that enough. I don't think. I mean, maybe those conversations happen all the time, and we quite literally just don't see them. They they have to, because there's no other way that unanimous <laughs> votes happen 80% of the time through the first half of the season. Right? There, there has to be those conversations. Yeah. It's not just totally all unspoken. And um, I imagine if you're the nominee, you'd probably try and pull that with everyone. Like, I, I've watched a few episodes recently of the show Nathan for You. And he gets a lot That's of people. A great show. He gets a lot of people in the holes where it's like, wait, so like it's a maybe? Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's a maybe. So it's a yes. <laughs> I watched the first season of that show, I think, and I loved it. I, I haven't finished. I should go back and watch. I'm that. like halfway through the first season. It's it's not like I don't see it as a binge show. It's just kind of like I'm gonna put this on now and then, and it's perfect for that. <laughs> it's so funny. Um. So yeah, Nick basically was like, wait and see. Let me know, but. Jack knows what appeals to the Hogman, the Hogfather. <laughs> the, this was he offers an admittedly feral hogs. Really, <laughs> <laughs> this was a really good moment. I thought loved this. Um, even the way like Jack phrased it, he walked in. And he was like, "I know you're a man who likes deals, and I got a couple for you." <laughs> <laughs> you know what's hilarious about Cliff is he. Uh, I'll give him credit. We're a Cliff, we're a Cliff and Maniacs podcast, as we've discussed. But it's like the little bit of power slash success that he's had, the way it's gone to his head, he literally thinks he's like combine that with the fact that he's the oldest guy in the house. He thinks he kind of oversees slash runs the house in a weird way. Yeah, he thinks he's like in like fantasy novels. You'll always see like the the scholars that like live on top of the mountain like i feel yeah. like he thinks he's one of those he's just like, like within the house he's like luke in the last jedi yeah um but uh this was hilarious and this is like the classic uh almost like a a bad fantasy trade that gets thrown at you and it's almost too good to be true and you're like for that reason alone it doesn't work because either i'm missing something or you're just trying to pull the wool over my eyes. Honestly, it like really didn't even make much sense to me. It was kind of just like I'll keep you safe forever, and you can do whatever you want to me. Yeah, in other words, it's empty. It meant nothing. Yeah, it absolutely meant nothing. And it's just like okay, it kind of falls in line with exactly what we've talked about with Jack, in that he thinks he's smarter than people. He's absolutely not, and he's one of those people who they think that they can very easily manipulate you and they are incredibly transparent about it to the point where you can point out like, oh, okay, here's where 
this person is trying to make me think a certain way or make me do something or get something from me. And they're not subtle about it in any way. And it's just basically based on their arrogance that they kind of function this way. They're not trying to sneak it past you. This is one of the moments that I was referencing with him thinking his charm is just like a given. Mm-hmm. He said to Nick when Nick was like, well, do you think you can get Cliff's vote? He was like, I'm I'm Jack effing Matthews. <laughs> of course I can. That's exactly right. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. His whole personality kind of leads to this type of interaction with Cliff. I don't think there's really a route in this specific interaction but another thing I don't think we see enough when it comes to making deals, people don't try to appeal to anyone's ego enough. Like, if you look back at, like, the Dan's funeral moment. Oh, yes. Dan appealed to Frank's ego, basically convincing him, like, this is a legendary move, and you'll be a legend being a part of it. Yeah. And that doesn't get pulled enough. That's what everyone wants to do. Now, a little spin zone here. Do you think that um, there's any aspect of people thinking they're doing that to others when early in the game they say, you're like the best player in Big Brother history, and like this is like one of the biggest moves in Big Brother history? You know how they say that stuff like that? Remember Celebrity Big Brother where Shannon Elizabeth was the greatest player in Big Brother history week yeah. two? Do you think there's any element of that being like, oh, we're telling this person that to get them thinking that way? Did, or are they just have, that stupid? Didn't Ovi have a moment of that for himself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it might just be that they're that stupid and misinformed about the show. but um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's somewhat of the thinking behind it. But I often try and put myself in the shoes of... What do I really want to, what would I want to go down as? Do I want to be someone that made it to the end and made it top three, but did it in a very boring way? Or do I kind of want to like burn, burn bright, hopefully not too fast? (laughs) That's a great point. Um, So let's get into the eviction. Um, so we kind of get the, the suspected start, right? We got, we have a two, two vote, um, Christy and, um, sis voted to keep Jack. And that was against like, I forget who, like Holly and someone else who was obvious that they wanted to keep me. Yeah. This is the classic. And I always bring this up around this time of the season, paying attention to the order in which, the producers people have people vote. If you have any sort of uh, confusion as to where allegiances lie in the house, this could tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. So just one of my, my favorite little points. Um, but we get in here. I'm kind of expecting a relatively split vote. Um, and I don't think there was – was there a way this could have tied? Yeah, 6-2. There, was, there yeah. was a way that could have tied. Even numbers. Yeah, even numbers. Wow, crazy. Um, <laughs> in which case, Jack's gone. Um but it doesn't quite work out that way. Um, Jack gets evicted 6-2. to And the key thing that came out of this in terms of long-term gameplay is Tommy, one of Jack's two closest allies, did not vote to keep him. What do you think about that? Was it strategic? Is there is it an indication of any changing in allegiances? What is Tommy's thinking? He's here? obviously trying to give off that 
perception, but it doesn't matter because he is tied to Christie. And Christie didn't vote with the House. Is that his way of saying I'm with the House or no, he's, I'm not with Jack? Like, because that he plays bad long term? made his bed. He is with Christie, and I don't think anything could be done to convince people otherwise. I don't know if he's trying to pull that or what, but... So let's say he understands what you just said about himself. He understands that his bed's made. Does... Is there any way that this is him just trying to do what Mickey did and car- and cause chaos of some sort? Chaos amongst him, Chrissy, and Annalise. Yeah, see, I don't, I really <laughs> don't get it. I don't understand why he did that. Yeah, um, I just, I think everyone knows what side he's on. Although I maybe these people are oblivious. Which that was one thing. Um, I don't know if we covered in the Rockstar and Brett thing that they said. They said, like, you know pretty clearly what doors the conversations are happening behind, and you know which side of the door you're on. Yeah. And it just seems like it. this season, like, Jess never knew what what doors were opened and closed. Well, but then again, she kind of knew exactly what doors were closed well, she, and was she's been putting to it together dots. slowly yes exactly um so that's just a weird strategic move um and our buddy jack brennan's pick to win the whole game is gone r.i.p what a shame what a shame now at this point we're like 35 minutes in an episode i'm thinking to myself okay they told us we're getting the hoh this episode this is very early what's going on here we got the reckoning, folks. Oh, we my got God. the live feed reckoning. Now we've talked about this stuff on and on and off, sort of talking about live feed type things that we normally wouldn't, because it provide relevant context. Like these people, specifically Jack, Mickey, and Nick, have had some pretty bad moments, mm-hmm. saying some rude things, racist things, sexist things, you name it. Um, and Julie called him out on it. Like, harder than I've ever seen her go. Yeah, and we discussed, did, have we ever seen anything like this? And I think you are correct. There was some sort of something for Aaron in season 15. She about her was racist comments. the most, like, overt it's ever been. So I'm pretty sure they did it to her. I, I yeah. just have a vague, uh, maybe I'm imagining it. Like I can see her in that seat crying I right think now. That did happen. So I think it happened. Yeah, maybe we'll go back and check that out. Yeah. Um, but this is not the norm. Now, every so often, Julie will be like, "Hey, why did you make that game move?" And sort of question people in in that context. This but especially this is... isn't the norm for someone going to jury. Yes, great point. Um, and she kind of ambushed him with it because it was a very normal interview where Jack was doing his. I'm funny and charming. You can tell by the way I'm talking that I'm trying to come off a certain way to everybody. Yeah. And then he does that fake laugh. Oh, God. That was actually a solid Jack impression. I'm not going to miss him. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, and then she hits him over the head with it. Now, they, they showed two clips. And we had we had heard about him and... Um, Kemi the most. Him and, We'd already heard about yeah him and Kemi being... You know, he him really not liking her. We had heard about him and Mickey using the n-word um and they didn't show that but well let's talk okay about the chemi situation because i think that's i the think most prevalent and the most obviously 
the <laughs> the important thing to take away here is for all things considered, I think these were tame clips compared to what could have been shown. And I don't yes. I don't think they would have done this to him if there wasn't a lot worse they could have shown. Yeah, no, and there there might be some things that are worse. I'll agree with you that this was more tame than I expected. And what worked to Jack's favor is that he had, a, especially the comment about Bella, he had a strange amount of plausible deniability about that one. Yeah. I, I don't think we can comment because we didn't see. We don't know if his excuse about the rice pudding being in the kitchen that day or whatever is actually relevant. If it is, I think it's really tough to say. Um, yeah, it could be taken either way, uh, very easily, and either one could be right. Um, so I, I don't want to comment on that one that much, only because we don't know the context, and that one he seemed to have a more ready answer for. Mm-hmm. The other t- two moments with Kemi, uh, they were mostly mean spirited. I didn't think those were moments motivated by race even though like there's a possibility his dislike towards her might have been motivated by race yeah well i think the comments gain a new level of deserve a new level of scrutiny and need to be looked at differently when it just became clear from the beginning that he was very focused on her and against her um and was just rude to her in all capacities so you start to more naturally think maybe either maybe it is race, maybe it is something like that. So, well, anything he says after that is going to deserve that much more scrutiny and can be construed in that manner. We've also been led to believe that he said worse. Correct. So, there's, like, there's a lot of context. They very us. selectively picked things here. Um, him saying she, I'll use the censored Julie Chen. She's dog poop. I don't think that's necessarily race motivated. I think that's him being an asshole. I, I love oh, how, I love how I just censored myself and then immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the stomp a mud hole through her chest. He had plausible deniability there. I don't remember Sam from last season saying no. that, but the way it came off, it seemed like they, the house guests knew that quote and they had probably been making jokes about it before. Yes. Yeah, so I, when I saw this clip on the live feeds a few weeks back, um, it was informing my opinion of him, and I, I had seen it, um, and I immediately recognized it as the Sam quote, because that was at the point where Sam was unraveling, and she was just, like, saying some really wild oh, stuff. Oh, was that when, like, they played, like, the creepy music, and it was, like, Sam might be a murderer storyline? Yes, yes, exactly that. So, I think the key there is, um, you know, were they joking about it? I don't know, but... Once again, the sort of vitriol he had towards Kemi basically paints anything he says around her about around her and about her in the context of, okay, I don't like this person, so even a joke kind of can't really pass if it's in that type of spirit. You know yeah. what I mean? Stop a mud hole out of context is a that's a violent, you know, suggestion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um we're, we're, we're all talking semantics right now, and I don't it, think we're arguing for Jack at all. Yeah, it's we're just not. We're so just hard kind for us of, to know without having seen it all. I think even though this moment was really good to, to kind of have the reckoning, I don't know if they got 
across completely what they wanted to because as i keep saying you assume they only do this if they know they have worse and i'm sure there is worse yeah but by picking such ones that we can tear apart so easily here um they could potentially have the reverse effect in that well maybe he shouldn't have been crucified for this if you are looking into point, it further the fact that we're even like well i don't know is uh, is kind of totally the antithesis of why you make this a part of your show yeah that's a great point um i think i'm most curious to see if nick gets the same treatment for what he said about i Kimmy. don't think he will i think jack has been way more high profile as being a bad person Yes, but what Nick said was I that's so explicitly awful. Yeah. And there's no joking about it. There's no oh you took it out of context. It's like, oh, that was just like a really hateful thing said about someone and a really hateful action suggested. Let's put it this way, in BB fifteen, they didn't press Spencer afterwards on his child porn comments, and you could argue that those were the worst things that have ever been said on the show. Yes, but the child porn aspect, they can't... Well, yes, worse. Um, well, who's to say what's worse or not? But um, they're all awful. Um, the The average audience can't even stomach that. Yeah. Whereas this, I think, is very relevant to our country right now and our culture and kind of is worth talking about for that reason, and especially because they've gotten backlash for it. Except very vivid memory from the BB-15 finale of Julie making a comment about like how controversial the cast was, and Spencer made a little like, oh, hope I didn't say anything, and Julie just said... You'll find out after this. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, because they go straight to jury. Still yeah. don't know anything. No, oh. no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't straight to jury. It was finale. Or uh, I think you're that's, understanding. That's me why correctly. he. Yeah. yeah, that's he why didn't he didn't know, know anything yeah. to that point. Finale night. She just gives him that little hint. Ooh, that was a bad one. Yuck. Ugh. That, that season, I didn't hate as much at the time. Because I found the I was thinking more about that today too. But I don't look back on it finally like I look at other seasons. There were people I liked. I liked uh, Judd, J U Double D, Party Darty. <laughs> um, and uh, I didn't mind. It was one of the girls he hooked up with. He hooked up with Aaron and another one. And I don't remember her name. I don't remember that either. But, but I didn't mind her. Um, I actually, even though it was an absolute train wreck and individually annoying uh people i loved the amanda mccray saga that was 15 oh yeah it was oh okay that was exciting that was musty tv (laughs) that was so great that that's like big brother i i like to think sits in a different segment of reality tv but that was like mtv reality that's why i loved it (laughs) i i've talked about it numerous times on the pod i love the challenge it's exi- that was right up that show's alley. And if the challenge had started casting former Big Brother house guests back then, I guarantee you Amanda McCray would have been on there. Yeah, probably. Um, all right, so um, let's get back into some of the gameplay uh, because we got to see who won the HOH tonight. And uh, Well, I just I want to tee it up. I know we didn't like Jack very much, but we still have to say goodbye to him. Oh, wow. Yeah, good point. 
So now let's get into our goodbye messages. Jack, bro, I love you so much. I dig your gameplay. But first, let me tell you what I've noticed about you. You love to dish out compliments with fake sincerity just before you sneak in some mansplaining douchey platitudes. But anyway, bro, I love you. Can't wait to see you outside the house. Just be your best self to the nth degree. Pour one out of a blender bottle for Jack Mimosa. You're clearly only an Aquaman lookalike because your game just got sunk. Nailed it. All right, so uh, Tommy won HOH. Our guy Tommy Bracco. Um, I guess that stray vote doesn't need to do anything for him. He's now. gonna get away with it, no matter what. It yeah. doesn't really matter. So we just talked about it for ten <laughs> minutes. But what do you think of this competition? I didn't love that they could see the time. Um. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point because then there's an inherent um disadvantage to going earlier. Yeah. So you know, Cliff of Maniacs had a, a big disadvantage there so but but it it turned out that like cliff's time wasn't going to be good enough to hold up no matter what. no no it, exactly but didn't love the comp but how else are you gonna get a comp done with they've, 10 minutes left in the they've hour? done it before they've done this type anyway yeah but i like the idea of not having the timer yeah i think it might have been either an hoh that they didn't show us or like a pov that wasn't live where i don't remember them having a clock i don't think they did I couldn't say. So, anyway, um, Tommy Bracco. Tommy Bracco's at the head of the house, and Chrissy survives another week. Oh, my God. Um, I guess you assume, like, it, unless they actually come back together to work together, which I don't think is going to happen, probably Mickey and Holly. Like, they, he just has to take the reverse shot, right? That is a great question. Um because you can't actually convince yourself that you're worried about Jess unless you convince yourself that you actually have to worry about Jess and Cliff. I could see I see a world in which he could target Cliff, but I don't think he will. Tommy's smart enough that he could see that the spot that Cliff's in right now and maybe he could target him, but I don't know if he can get everyone else behind him on that, especially Christy. Mm-hmm. That's who he needs in his, you know, back pocket. Um but what is making it difficult for me to metaphysical prediction is why is his instinct that he just had to reunite the six. Could he use this as a bit of leverage to say, you know, okay, we're in a place of power again. Let's come together and get down to the end here. I think, or was that, was that instinct motivated by the fact that their backs were against the wall? I think it was because their backs were against the wall. But um, I think this HOH is the most likely we've had so far. And you could easily make a case that Holly was the most likely, but it didn't really end up happening. It's the most likely where 
it might not really be Tommy's HOH. Because if Christy has a really strong agenda, she's going to force it on him and he might not be willing to piss her off. Yeah, well, I would say, I would say that there's a good chance that Tommy will not want to piss a certain group of people off in general and that will inform his picks because I could see him saying, okay, I've gotten to this point. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers and he'll put up Jess and Nicole. Because it kind of falls in line with the fact that he waited the whole, he threw every competition all season up until a week ago. But isn't that the group of people that he technically shouldn't want to ruffle, seeing as they have the numbers? Um, I think that he, there's no chance for him to ever have numbers unless the numbers come down on that side. But so what? I could see why he would do it because let's say the only things he can be kind of sure of are Sis and Christy. That's three. What? use is sending home holly and mickey for him well no but they see it as the trio it's holly mickey and cat they're the oh, they're God. more the enemies than than well the majority group Thanks. is and that's only the majority group if you include cat that's the thing because okay, otherwise yeah. it's all threes yeah you're right so he could go any number of ways here it kind of we've said it a few times but it dictates a lot of how the season is going to go from here I think Mickey is still the enemy, so that's how I think it will go, but I don't know. Things change really quickly. Yeah, it could be the type of thing where he, like, that's who the house wants out, so he goes up, or where he backdoors him? Maybe. Like, you put up Nicole and Jess, and then it's like, you know, you guys are both pawns. We're trying to get uh, Mickey out. Or last thing I have here is Nick didn't vote with them. Is he really that in the clear? I forgot about Nick. Is he so in the clear that you wouldn't nominate him? I don't think so. That's a great point. That could also be an easy nomination, in which case my point earlier about him skating is invalid. I think he misplayed this week. Nick? Big time, yeah. Yeah, he really should have picked a side and then started cementing that relationship. Or you sit in the rooms, just don't say a word. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with him. Um, you want to get into uh, our next segment, Love and Show Me Yes, which I don't know what we're talking about here, but you do. We so. could sit here and talk about how you know Jack and Sis never really was. Nothing really happened there. We could talk about how the bromance is is officially dead, but I want to talk about a romance that is happening behind closed doors, and it has only been seen through the feeds. And there's only one little subtle hint of it in Thursday's broadcast. Something might be going on between Nick and Tommy Bracco. What? <laughs> so there was a video of. And this is, you know, if you're listening with your kids and any or anyone who should be listening to this, maybe a fast forward 30 seconds, um, where they were hanging out and Nick was rubbing Tommy's, uh, I don't know, genitalia with his, nether regions with his feet. <laughs> um, and then when he ended up losing the HIH, he's like, Tommy, I'll throw this if I can sleep in your bed this week. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I didn't actually catch him saying I only that. caught it because I knew about the video. I thought he said something like that 
uh, like something about throwing it for his birthday. I just didn't catch the full thing. Oh my god! So wow, yeah, Bella. <laughs> hey man, it's twenty nineteen. Bella can might we, be receptive. Can we also talk about how unbearable Nick's moment of casting his vote was? <laughs> I love the callback to Haley, but the fact that he then said he was funny. Yeah. Oh my god! Once he said that. I like yelled out loud. Haley, we miss you so very much. <laughs> the season has been awful. If Haley was on this season, like, I mean, she might be far and away like our favorite. I mean, it was, would be her and Kat. She was like top two or three all season last year, and that was a good season. So, yeah, she would yeah. easily be number one. Um, And there would be no Fessy to hold her back. Exactly. I think she, if she, if there's an all star season, prime candidate right there i think she would do a great job um if there's an all-star season i actually just want it to be the bb20 cast again <laughs> i'd be all about that bring back like bring back the final eight from bb20 bring um, back rockstar bring back brett yeah uh like i don't think you can do an all-stars without brett because i think brett is almost like in this most recent generation of Big Brother, he's like the Howie. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely in a Howie spot. I like that. That's a really good yeah. point. Um, we do. Hey, it's been what? What year was it that they did All Stars? Seven. Yeah, it was, it was like six or seven. So that's like fifteen years ago almost. Um, this needs to happen. I don't think it's ever going to happen because Julie has talked about it before and how she really only wants to do it if they can get like every winner back which is never gonna happen it might happen because that's what survivors doing right now for their 40th season really which honestly it's been years since i've watched survivor i might watch like wow. that sounds amazing um i did not know they were doing that but i, I just think they're uh, some of those early people you're never getting them back there's no way it would be oh my god the dynamics of the house would be so cool with like fifty year olds and yeah. forty year oh it'd be so great you know you know who would be the worst off in that scenario although actually he wouldn't be on it who? I was gonna say Paul why wouldn't he be on it because he didn't win oh 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 good point <laughs> oh god but then we'd have to deal with Josh again yeah Steve from Fredonia ah oh, Jesus <laughs> but like someone like someone like Dan is never coming back. That's a fact. He doesn't even really watch the show anymore. He doesn't? No. Just streaming video games. Yeah. <laughs> what a wow. What a world. Yeah. Um well that's our goat, but maybe, maybe I, I hope we see him again. Um It's my goat. I think most likely after you go through two full runs of the show, you probably can't really take it anymore. Yeah, and also I'm doesn't he have kids? I'm sure. Yeah. I would imagine he has kids. So it gets a lot harder. Like he watched Janelle has kids. He watched like tonight's kids, episode because uh, he heard it was a big eviction. I saw that on Twitter. So there you go. Um, still holding out hope for all stars. Um, you want to get into armchair HOH? Absolutely. You go first. It it has to be an A plus, right? Yeah. <laughs> she crushed it. She she won everything. Uh, the only nitpick you can make all week is her continued poor. Uh, POV house guest choices, but it it literally didn't matter at all, the, and I don't think it would have mattered if Cat won. I only think it would have been better if she became a little vindictive, and it was like, no, my target's Jack, and then she used it on Mickey, and 
put up Christie like I pitched yeah. earlier. But that would have been awesome. I think that's like a a five percent chance of happening. So like, yeah, chances of anything going wrong with that so slim. Not gonna go with what ifs. A plus. Yeah, I there's nothing we can do, <laughs> and we're gonna be eating for weeks the amount of crow we have. It like our freezer is filled. Right. But now. you know what we need to do is we need to remember this conversation, and we need to make sure Brendan listens to it because. When she finishes third, we're going to talk about how she was a floater. She didn't do anything all season. And we're going to have forgotten about this. And we're going to need to harken back to this moment where we talk about how basically what she did this week saved the season potentially and changed the course of the game. So props to you, Which makes it very scary for when someone decides to take her to final two and she probably wins. I don't know if I can live in that world. (laughs) I just don't know. Her, Josh. Um, We've lived in that world before. Someone who I don't remember him doing anything that no one ever talks about as like lame duck winner is Andy. I don't remember Andy Andy ever doing anything. Andy was somewhat of a lame duck. Do you remember Ian? Ian was kind of. Uh, Season 14, I think he was. Ian was a lame duck because he should never have beaten Dan. He he had a case. It just shouldn't have won against Dan. So really, we talked about this so much last season about like, what is wrong with this game? Like the wrong people keep winning and yada, yada, yada. It all um, goes back to that season. Yeah, it's been going on for almost 10 years now. Yeah. So no, uh, no surprise, I suppose. Um, let's get into our favorite segment, or mine at least. Whose house is it anyway? It is uh, also my favorite segment. You want to go first? Yeah, once I find my list here. Um, my number four is Jessica. Same here. Um, after this big time HOH, you have to give her plenty of credit. The only thing she really has to worry about is the fact that she just sent Jack home and one of Jack's allies just won HOH. So she could end up on the block here. Um, she Absolutely. doesn't have any power. She, what I think is... Maybe actually, in retrospect, maybe something you can nitpick from her HOH. She won that HOH, played a perfect week, yet somehow we're going into this next week. Tommy won, and she is maybe the easiest nomination still. Is there any way that she could have, like, she's leveraged that HOH into a little bit better standing outside of her people? She's probably even an easier nomination than she was before. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. That's that's rare. Yeah. And it's, and it's not... Well, she didn't make herself public enemy number one. She only made herself, I guess, an enemy yeah, to no, she, the people who won. She didn't really directly ruffle feathers. It's more just like... Sometimes all you need is the smallest... The smallest motive to put someone up. And they, yeah. they have a they have it. pretty easy one. Well, yeah. I mean, they already had the smallest motive. She's been a frequent resident on the block so well i that's my favorite motive where it's just like well you've been up there before it's like okay that's a reason (laughs) it's warm for you but at the same time like i actually don't think you have to give a reason at all you can make whatever decision you want i agree all right so that's both the number fours what do you have for number three number three i have christy same here (laughs) (laughs) because her biggest ally just won hoh i i don't think when it comes to the two of them, I don't think their standing in the house is all that improved, but they have this week. So, yeah, um, they have this week, and 
now that so the the thing that's been keeping her hovering around these rankings if not in them for the last few weeks while she socially makes it very difficult for herself she had that diamond power veto sitting there Mm -hmm. now you might want to say okay she doesn't have that power that leverage is gone that sort of you know safety vest is gone um i'd argue that the fact that she had it it was there in the event she needed it in those weeks and the fact that she did not have to use it to burn anybody who's going to be a jury vote is huge true that's huge it's just it's one less enemy she's guaranteed to make by one of her game moves so yeah that's a big um, that's always a double-edged sword of whether it's uh you being the beneficiary of an america's choice or or winning some sort of secret comp like that the double-edged sword is that it can totally work against you based on who you burn and jury yeah um now number two if we're not different here we're gonna have the same ranking i I agree i have tommy brocco okay i don't okay my case for tommy here is essentially the same as christy where it's like I don't think his standing in the house is that improved because it's still him, Christy and Annalise. And I think Christy just runs her mouth so, so much that like they're going to be big targets in the future, but he's the HOH. So he's in a better position than Christy. Yep. Um, I very nearly put him at number two. Um, I said went with a uh, cliff maniacs. Um, cliff, Playing a great game, uh, sort of in spite of himself. Like he, yeah, he's had a lot of flubs. He's had a lot of missteps, but he keeps kind of working through it. And you know, the fact that he was in a position this week where he could be the hog father, and what he thought or what he wanted to do really mattered in the game. Um, kind of speaks to the transformation he's had in terms of his standing in the house over the last month. Um, I've been really impressed. Uh, he is aligned decently well in terms of his bottom feeder side of the house. Um, I still think there's something there with Christie. I think there's some equity built between them that may be beneficial for a, a little while longer. Yeah. Especially with who's in charge right now, right? Um, I just feel good about his game. Now, if Tommy's smart, Cliff might be a very savvy target he'd be a very savvy target i don't expect it correct i don't expect it either um that would not be a weak move at all by tommy i think that'd be a very good move and i'm going to make a case for why it would be a really great move because i have cliff as my number one nice and i actually think we're gonna be talking about cliff on finale night as the winner really oh I think that I think is the outcome of the season. I would love the most. I think a quick pick up the phone segment, Cliff, (laughs) pick up the phone with everyone you've built any sort of rapport of trust with and make a final two with them right now. Every single one of them. Wow. Because it don't do it all at once. Yes. I don't think he is going to win the final hoh competition so he's gonna have to rely on those relationships he's built but i don't see why he can't be in the class of the stereotypical nerd winner like steve or ian that we just talked about yeah what are the differences really exactly steve was a disaster josh Josh. no but josh was he was flat out an idiot 
and yeah. he ended up on the final chair against someone people were spiteful against. Yeah, but Cliff has kind of been flat out an idiot for a lot of this. Um, it's just not as demonstrative. But at at some points, has he like his move where we were most angry has worked? It's completely worked. That's insane. He's a something engineer. He's a smart person. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to question. He's definitely a smart person. I, I haven't loved his gameplay, but we – more crow in the fridge, in the freezer. We were wrong. We were very yeah. wrong on his, his his move, and I don't think when and if he gets evicted before final night, we'll be able to trace it back to that decision. It will be something else. Yeah, and when you compare him to someone especially like Steve, and I don't, I don't even remember what Steve did to win. All I remember was the first half of that season was a train wreck. Yeah, he, I want to say he won some competition, whether it was an HOH or like had a swing vote or something like that at like final five. He made like the right decision. I think it was kind of cutthroat and it kind of changed everything. I don't even remember what season that was. I have no idea what number. Was that 16? I think that might have been 15. 15 no, or 16. 15 was won by Andy. Okay, 16. I think it's 16. I don't I don't remember anyone else on that season. I'm sure I'd be reminded. That is a blind spot. Was... Maybe that's the one you should watch. Eh. I no. mean, it's not an exciting winner. That was not an exciting one. Yeah, so we're trying to decide. I, I got CBS All Access. So I'm trying to decide what old season to watch. So if anyone on the Twitter wants to hit us up... Um, any favorite seasons you suggest? I've heard seven. I've heard ten. I've heard eleven. I've heard fourteen. It would 13. be interesting to watch three. Three was three the first season where like the actual structure of the game began to exist. Yeah, it was, one and it was two really kind of didn't. Yeah, um, five um, has been one that's been suggested to me. So I mean, it feels like every other, every third ends up being a pretty good season. Yeah. Um. Regardless, I think I think Cliff is probably the favorite to win right now because you can win Big Brother just by making smart social decisions. Another person who did it, and Cliff is nowhere near this, is Derek. Derek didn't win shit. He literally didn't win anything. Yeah, I don't think. And he might. He probably won something, but he like, he probably he, won, he won a the block competition. Once. That's what it was. He didn't go on the block at all. Yeah, and somehow. Everyone realized by the end of it that he actually controlled everything. Yeah. Without him doing anything flashy. I don't that's good jury management right there. It's incredible. I, jury I don't management. know what he managed to do. I don't remember it that well. But that doesn't happen he where, was just savvy. He where people people actually overcome their own egos to realize that someone controlled them that much. That doesn't that's happen. That's so rare. And yeah. it has it hasn't happened since. Yeah. Wait, was was Ex- 16 his season? Was 16 Derek's season? And then 17 was Steve or vice versa? I think that's 16 to 17. Regardless, it might have because been. 18 is a Paul season, 19 is a Paul season, then 20. Yes. So, yeah, I don't remember which, but 16 and 17 were Derek and Steve. It must be, yeah. Um. Anyway, um, can I get to my number one? Yeah. Tommy Bracco. Now, I 100% agree with you about him not necessarily being in a much better standing in the house. 
Um, frankly, the things that I was ranking him number one the last few weeks for are not the same reason he's number one right now. His social game, I, would, I won't say it's fallen apart, but he's been very reckless, extremely reckless. And one of the things that was, was going for him is that he seemed to maintain the most likability and the most social equity around the house out of everyone in that alliance. I don't know if I can say the same anymore. It may be, but regardless of how his personal relationships with someone like Nicole or Cliff or Jess are, I think the fact that he's been more of a loud, paranoid voice in the house recently probably doesn't It's troubling, well. yeah. Yeah. So that's not why he's still there. Um, but the fact that he won the HOH, I couldn't remove him from number one. He still holds the spot. But like I said, it was very close to having Cliff there. Uh, he's in a great spot. And Tommy Bracco hitting in the high gear in final 10, 9, right around when I said he should at 8. So there were eight I votes. I think he's a player. He's a player. Long final term. 10. There are eight there votes, two nominees, one HOH. He's here for the long term. He's going to be around for I agree at with least you. top five. And also, Tommy, he's the winner pick where it's like he's got all the tools. Yeah, so what it's come down to is the winner, the final two comes down to the the person who's there because of merit and the person who's there because of social game. Yeah. So what was it last year? It was Casey and Tyler. Tyler. That was the rare one where they both earned it. That yeah, was so they, rare. That's why we love that season so much. Ugh. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, I still think, like, technically Tyler was the better player, but, like, you really couldn't poke a flaw in Casey's game either. So Correct. Tyler had a little bit of the golden horseshoe effect where like he was getting by with some quite like some moves that weren't totally yeah. smooth, weren't well executed. Like uh, a football coach that gets by with like a little bit of bad clock management. Like that's what yeah. Tyler was doing. But his guys are so athletic they like make up for it. Yeah, like exactly. That. Um but yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the season shakes out. But we can start to see the end in sight. We can see how you're a series of moves away from finding yourself there on finale night, mm-hmm. which is my favorite part of the season. It still feels like we have an eternity to go. We do. Especially with how bad this season has been. Yeah. Well, we have two things that we know are coming. We know the what the camp twist or not camp. Camp twist, yeah. Whatever. No, is. it is something Field trip. Camp. I don't know. Field trip. Yeah, um, that's, that's what coming up. That'll be interesting. We're going to have a third nominee next week. Right. So that's important. Um. Another thing that we know we have coming down the pipe at some point, I would say probably three weeks from now, double eviction. Yeah. So things to keep in mind. The season will really start to heat up, hopefully. And I'm hoping it just doesn't fall into kind of the formulaic, you know, get rid of Nicole, get rid of Cat type gameplay that can make this part of the season really drag. I've, I've found in most past big brother seasons where it starts to go bad it continues to go bad there's a little bit of hope with this one that that the game of it can be salvaged a little bit thank you jess yes seriously thank you jess Jess. (laughs) um join us on the pod like it it was always a big hope in bb19 when paul had his sheep you always wanted the other side to win and they just never did that season even when the other side was Justin Cody, I wanted them to win, even though I yep. hated them. Um, because you just wanted some sort of friction, some sort of back and yeah. forth. Do we have another segment this episode, or is that it? We a, do not. Okay, because I have a few things I want to say quickly. 
Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> I saw you. This is great. I saw you like this whole ranking of every house guest, and I oh, went through some of the rankings. This is amazing. And we can what have was this, it. Um, Reality Robbed? Who I was think it, it was. I'm, I'm going to double check that so we can give credit. I think it was Reality Robbed, but um, we can have a whole segment about this one day if we want to, even though I don't remember half of the names on it. I don't remember a lot of them either because, let's face it, most of them are over 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, Reality Robbed. Shout out to at Reality Robbed. One I thought was ridiculous, and I was as big a fan of her as anyone. Kemi was top 50 of all time. That one doesn't That's insane. make a ton of sense. That, there are some class. Oh, no. Oh, way worse. Scotty was above her. Really? Scotty was 43. There there were a lot of puzzling ones on this. Johnny Mac was up there. Jess right was Kemi. ranked above Cliff. Jess was, really? Yeah. Um, You know, it, you could really get into this. But also, it comes back to what is a good house guest? Oh, how are we, how are we ranking them? Is it just? I think one day, maybe towards the end of the season, and we're not promising this, we should put together a ranking, including celebrity in this case, of every house guest that we've podcasted about. Oh, we could do that pretty easily. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, maybe going into next season, we'll do that. And we can have that be an ongoing thing that we have those lists. I like that. That's a great idea. You know, looking at this at this first page, there are some classics on here. And I was shocked with the Danielle Reyes, number one. I don't remember her at all. I, I was far too young. Slightly. I remember bits and pieces of her. Of I believe her she won Big Brother 3. She did. Um, Dan was up there. Dr. Will was up there. There's a lot of really good ones. Hayden. Do you remember Hayden? I didn't season love Hayden. In fact, that was the brigade 14? season. 13? No, that that was either 13 or 13. 11. Um, Janelle's up there. Brittany. Um, Mama Day. So what I liked about this ranking, aside from maybe some questionable ones, is there was like a wide array of how someone could be a top player. Like there was Evil Dick, who's like amazing, but two spots above him, rock star. <laughs> Rockstar, and that's that's correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, n- I'm not sure if I'd go as far to say that that's correct, but I'd have Rockstar pretty high up. Ro- Rockstar is, she is that MTV effect that we get so rarely on, on Big Brother, but when it's there, it's so refreshing. I love it. I think if you're making this ranking, you have to combine gameplay, entertainment value, and memorability. Yeah. Because you could argue Rockstar had one of the most memorable moments ever last season when she got the Otev question wrong in the veto that would have saved her. <laughs> <laughs> That's easily the best moment in our podcast history, right? I think so, even though it was like, it was really tragic. Oh, it was totally tragic. <laughs> But I I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be beaten. Ever. I don't think so either. It's not going <laughs> to happen this season. Well, thank you to at Reality Rod for putting that together. Gave us some uh, some good stuff to look at. You know he's really low on Cliff. Yeah, and I he know. had Ju Double D only one one above Cliff. Really, party um, Once you got down to like 
uh, he has it in another tweet. Like the last six people, I don't remember all of them, but all I know is Jack is on there, Mickey is on there, <laughs> and Aaron is also on there. That's the class of people in the final. Uh, like it's like two hundred eighty-seven or something. That's too funny. Well, looking at some of these and then searching them on uh, on Google is quite the trip down memory lane. So I'd highly recommend. Yeah. It. Um, but yeah, I was I was kind of half doing that, that at work the other day. That's wild stuff. Some of these names bring it back. How do Liz and Julia? Oh my God, Austin get at one twenty-three and one twenty-four. I don't like that he put them together because Liz was so clearly a better player and more memorable than Julia, like by a long shot. But Julia was above her. Julia was above her. Yeah, you know the one who was above them that I loved. Remember Zach Rance? Yes, that goofball with like the Florida sh- Florida shirt. Him and uh, Frankie Grande. He was just nuts. Yeah, yeah, loved him. And then they had Howie one above him. Howie, that's too low for Howie. Howie, um, I don't think Howie ages well. Um, I could see that. Because, you know, until he got brought up recently by us, I hadn't thought about him in a long time. Yeah. So there you go. We could do this all day. So check it out and, uh, you know, hit us up. I, I thought I had one more note thing to bring up, but I don't remember it. So until next time. Yeah. All right. Got anything else? Nope. I've said my piece. All right. Good night, house guests. Thank you.